right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Ladies and gentlemen, TC here. Little substitute teacher action today. I'm here with my man, the Sarge, Mr. Cody McBride. How are we? Good. The designated survivor mode right here, TC. I don't know how we ended up here, but man, it feels good to be here with you, buddy. Hell yeah, it does. Yeah, we got Sally on Baby Watch. We got Randy on summer vacation up in northern Michigan. We've got Neil traveling back to the East Coast from Vancouver. A DJ spending a summer weekend in Chicago. Uh, you and I are fresh off some golf in Nebraska. And uh, we'll have Jordan Perez joining us here a little bit later to talk Evian and catch us up on the U.S. Junior Am as well. So thank God Jordan's coming through, too, because I don't know. I don't know about you, but I, not a lot of golf watch for me this week. But excited to break it on down. TC, do you know what? What? Man, this podcast here sponsored by our friends at FootJoy. FootJoy is the number one shoe this week at the 3M Open with 57% of the players who teed it up wearing FootJoy shoes. The next closest shoe brand had 12%. The dominating performance, brother. But that's nothing new. FootJoy has actually been the number one shoe on the PGA Tour every year since 1945. That's cr- 1945. That's, that's nuts to think about. <laughs> 78 consecutive years for thousands of tournaments, millions of miles. The world's best players have walked with FootJoy above all others. These players understand that shoes are a critical piece of equipment. That's why more than half the field at every tournament trusts the best, whether that's Max Homa, Justin Thomas, Cameron Young, Jess Corda, Danielle Kang, or even TC yourself, Solly, DJ, me, Randy, the whole crew, you know, we're all rocking foot joys because it's the number one shoe in golf. We trust it. That's foot joy. It's also worth pointing out that foot joy has created the number one outerwear in golf with Neil you know, Neil rocked it last week when he was out at the Open. You can certainly attest to that. Cody, I rocked the shit out of it. <laughs> How does it hold up? It holds up well. Holds up really well. Breathable, but very, very, very waterproof. I don't think I've had a single, like, rain round yet this year, which is crazy to think about. <laughs> well, out in Nebraska, you also had the uh, the FootJoy sun sleeves on as well. Which I might tell you, people, FootJoy makes, I, in my personal, this is not an ad read. But Joy makes the best sun sleeves available. And they're one of the few companies that actually makes them in multiple colors. So you can get gray, you can get white. And they got a couple black ones. You got to get on the uh, whites, usually always in stock. Gray will be there the second most of the time, but they're phenomenal. Very breathable. Uh, they're way better than any other ones. But sun sleeves, tremendous. Outerwear, even better. That's Foot Joy outerwear made specifically for golf to keep the golfer can- comfortable in all conditions while also allowing for a full range of motion throughout the swing. That's the most important thing. All these other companies trying to get in the outerwear game can't do it because they're not golfers, man. Learn more at footjoy.com. That's footjoy.com. TC, what are we going to cook on today, chef? Oh, well, you know, we, we, there was a coup in Africa. Uh, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I'm ready, dog. Let's go. No, we'll, we'll keep that for the trap draw this week. Uh, first things first, I do want to shout out our own Casey Landman for winning her club championship this weekend. It's in, crazy. Uh, Burlington, New Jersey. She is playing the best golf of her life. I think a lot of us are. You and I played really, really well out at Sand Hills in the heat. Yes. It was 100 and 
I think 103 both days. The pie man was was striping his wedges. Still got to get that driver figured out, but the title of stuff has me has me psyched to like to go play golf. 100%. I, I had such an enjoyable week with you in Nebraska. Maybe we'll catch a little bit about, about more about that on the back end. Congratulations to Casey winning a club champion. That's a huge accomplishment. And she always gets so like, you know, I don't want to say nervous, but she just always downplays everything specifically about her golf game. She has like, I think the most like potential of any one of us. I think it's just like keeping her head in it and realizing like, you know what, this is going to, this is going to end up with me making like a seven or an eight versus like, if I just punch out and, and, you know, take my lickings and get it back in there, that's how you turn them into fives and sixes. And she's turned that around. I'm so excited for her. It's such an accomplishment and man, it must feel good. Amen. Amen. Well, uh, speaking of W's, we've got Lee Hodges. We've actually started up this podcast, uh, before, the tournament is even wrapped. That's how it's. That's how uh, much of a sure thing this has been. Even with a little bit of a late run from uh, the postman himself, Lee Hodges uh, ends up winning. Uh, actually, God, the postman uh, made an eight on the 18th hole. So that's tough, tough, tough. <laughs> Lee Hodges ends up winning by seven up in the Twin Cities at uh, TPC Twin Cities, the 3M Classic or 3M Championship. Bring them open. I'm sorry. We'll try that third time's the charm. <laughs> it'll happen to everybody, man. What I do know is that I, I will say this. We all know that this golf course is kind of a stinker, right? I mean, you, you got to make a thousand birdies, obviously 24 under not it, it's right up there. There's other courses. That obviously people go deeper at, but if you like, if you're making pars and if you make a, a string of four or five pars in a row, you truly are losing like four or five shots on the field which is absolutely nuts to say. But what I will say, and I want to have this on the record before we get going, Minneapolis is a, a tremendous golf city. It is. The Twin Cities absolutely show out for this. It's, it's another one of those straight-up mule events. There's, there's no other way of looking at it, and they absolutely love this. It, it's great for charity, great for everything else that they have going on in the Twin Cities. And happy because Lee, I've I, I never met the man, but he seems like an awesome dude. And it's, it's really cool to see somebody pick off their first win. Totally. Yeah. He's been, uh, been pro since 2018. We talked to him about him a little bit, uh, earlier this year. He's got that UAB connection, started his college career there, transferred to Alabama. Uh, CBS had the, uh, JC well, the, the Alabama coach on by all accounts, Lee, wonderful guy. And he's been playing like very good golf for a while now this season. He's been really, uh, really strong moves from, 74th to 33rd in the FedEx Cup, which is useful uh, as a playoff start in like a week, week and a half. So, um, yeah, beat Martin Laird. Like, basically, Lee shot 63, 64, 66, 67. You almost Seven had a shot win is strong. Almost had a straight flush, man. If he, he should have got that round three, just one more. Out of, well, uh, hit all the numbers. I'm all bummed because Poston shot 66, 66, 66. And then tripled 18 uh, to shoot 69. Otherwise, he would have shot 66. Now, granted, he he went for it on 18. Uh, Hodges had a couple of bogeys late, and you know, Poston was like, "All right, I'm." I think he was three back at the time, and you know, Hodges strong birdie on 18 to kind of put it away, win by seven as as Poston's making triple there. But we were in here getting the show set up. I didn't see where uh, the Postman's drive actually went, but according to Tourcast, it looks like it's directly on the edge of the water and then of course i like my guy going for it he he had to force it up there 
Totally. But great, you know, great week for JT all around and, and a really good season going. Yeah. T2, Martin Laird, T2, Kevin Streelman. I'll be honest. I, like I, I watched it yesterday. I watched most of it today. Didn't see much of it Thursday, Friday. It's just, yeah, you got to keep the pedal down, man. I think some of the more interesting results, Keith Mitchell, 68, 66, 67, like 67. That. Like yep. seeing Keith heat up a little bit. Gets him inside the top 60 heading into Wyndham. So I would think that that gets him through to the playoffs. Remember, playoffs are only top, what, top 70? Top 70. This year. And then top 50 advanced to BMW and top 30 to Eastlake. So a little bit different than years past where it's been top 125. Sam Ryder? Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to skip Sam Ryder. I'm happy you brought him up. Please, Chef, go go right ahead. Yeah. Sam Ryder gets from 69th to 62nd. He finishes T7. Your guy, Big Tone. Uh, who we'll get to later. He had some some rollback comments that that we will certainly certainly get to later. Uh, he finishes T seven, stays at tenth in the FedEx Cup. Aaron Baddeley inside the top one hundred, so he finished T seven. And then uh, you know Cam Davis with the final round sixty five. Sam Stevens continues his his great season. Emiliano Grillo moves to twentieth in the FedEx Cup. Strong there and uh, such a good year. Bo Hostler with the final round 62 today as well. The, sheep, so, the sheepdog coming in clutch set that. Uh, I, I think he's, he tied their tournament course record there. But let's get it. Dude, what what an incredible week for Zach Blair. Yeah, ZB. I, I think, you know, right, kind of right up against it with his, he's been kind of on borrowed time with that major medical from a couple of years ago and and put all his chips in here over the last four or five weeks and, Finishes T13, shoots 64 today, and uh, or, you know gains his tour card for next year. So props for that. His his putter is has come alive over the last you know month or two. It's been awesome to see. So shout out to him. Shout out to Billy Horschel. T13 for Billy. I think uh, you know rooting for him to play well. Billy is it's such a weird weird year for him. Like I understand that it, it. I just. I hope people realize how hard it is to play professional golf and be like a top 50 player in the year for as long as Billy has been like, especially without a great putter for sure. Like just grinding and and mental things. And like, just, you know, obviously there's a ton of other personal stuff that he's gone through and trying to keep it all together. It's, it's okay to have a bad year. And I think we're going to get this to this when we talk about like JT and like Ryder cup stuff, obviously Justin missed a cut this week, but like, these guys play so good for so long, like having a fluke. I'm very comfortable saying like probably a fluke year. JT is good enough that he'll probably figure it out. Like, I think everything's going to be okay. But man, from where Billy was at from like the memorial, I think is when he really like started opening up about it till now. It's been a heck of like a month, month and a half turnaround. Yeah. No, and, and like I would, I would imagine that he plays well in the fall and comes out, comes out blazing in, uh, on the West Coast swing next year. I think God. that's typically how it works. You know, dude, like, I just couldn't, I couldn't imagine the stress of it all. Like just trying to like put everything you possibly can into it. We saw this almost this entire year with like on the Euro tour, like big Bob just absolutely grinding, not to keep his card, but like just like his only goal is to like make Ryder Cup points. He's, he knows that's what it is. And like finally, when he realized, like, oh my goodness, man. Like, I'm just freaking out about this way too much. Like, he just catches fire. Um, 
Somebody that I don't want to skip over here is Alex Norm. And I am absolutely shocked to see Alex Norm playing in this event. But the guy's got to make some points. Uh, he clearly, like, he's going to be at the Ryder Cup. But you, we all know what time of year this is. He, he should be out on Visby. I don't know what he's doing in Minneapolis. I, I'm shocked to see him here. Uh, I don't want to know what the airfare was for him from, you know, from Visby back up to Stockholm and all the way up across to the Twin Cities. But uh, another good, you know, T13 finish for Alex. Yeah, he's, he's trying to trying to squirrel away some points so that, you know, hopefully he can spend some time in the fall up there. Who else we got? Nick Hardy, T13 for Nick. Nick's playing some good golf. He's inside the top 50 now, OWGR. Duffner with a T20. How about that? Nuts. So, yeah, otherwise, I don't know. I don't want to keep running down the board too, too far. It's the 3M. Yeah, we've got some Ryder Cup stuff. Fred Couples had had some interesting things to say this week. He said Spieth, Homa, and Cam Young are all on the team. Makes sense, right? Yeah, I, I, I'm down with all those those three guys. Uh, so I guess that really leaves. And like I think Brian Harmon being on the team is like the the most. As a European fan, I'm bummed that Brian Harmon is on the team because he's an excellent, excellent fit. Like he's the kind of guy you do not want to play in match play. And, and and the kind of guy that they never would have picked in the first place. It's like the Americans getting out of their own way and keeping themselves out of their own way with him qualifying automatically. Yeah, I completely agree with that. He's such a dog, man. He's just going to grind whoever it is down. There's not a little hot, not a lot of highs, not a lot of lows, but it's just honestly what it feels like. It feels like playing match play against you. Like he just doesn't miss. And you're just like, what, what, what is going on, man? I've made like, Four birdies, but I also had like four doubles, and I'm like, these things aren't bouncing out. And TC is just out there, just grinding it out. Like you can it, pair him with anybody. Yeah, um, yeah. And then you know, interesting to see Big Tone playing well. I'm I'm really keen to see what happens next week at Wyndham. I think you know JT kind of a free roll, right? You just basically got to go win or or finish like top three, I guess. Um, and I'm not even sure top three would get him in the top seventy. So, you know, same thing with Big Tone. Big Tone's got to keep it rolling. Kind of an agnostic golf course. You know, you got to putt well out there. Got to make a lot of birdies out, out of Greensboro. So we'll see. Also funny, JT's playing Zach's charity event for the first time. What was up with that? I'm sure, you know, trying to trying to pull out all the stops. Do everything you can do, you know? Grease skits a little bit on old captain. Yeah. Which I get, but I guess I would say, like, this is the first time that he played it, right? I believe so. Probably wouldn't make like that big of a deal about it. And even if it was, I would I would probably say in order to make like optics appear what they are, maybe it's like a, a make good in future. Like, hey, man, I'll play like next year. Like you got one on me, dog. I don't know if I would be like out front this this eager to show that off to the world that I'm literally will do anything to make the captain happy just to get that pick outside of like, you know what? Maybe like you should just go play a little better. Like maybe you should just figure it out somewhere else besides like ZJ's charity scramble. It sounds like Brooks might be uh, based on some of his comments, you know, baby watch coming up here in September for him. That that could get interesting, right? Yeah. Open up another spot potentially if, if, you know, baby is, is either early or, or, you know, supposed to come out Ryder cup week. So we'll see there. Uh, a couple other Ryder Cup notes on the European side. Ludwig, 64 on Friday and then did not play well otherwise. Made the cut. Made a nine on his final hole on Saturday. 
didn't play great. I'm expecting good things in Greensboro next week. And then uh, Adrian Dumont. Hold on. You're not going to get away with that. What? what, Honestly, I know, uh, I I think when you were, you're obviously, Ludwig is an amazing, amazing player, bright young star. But I think that you would say that you were expecting a little bit better performance uh, from him in the events that he's played so far. Yeah, I was expecting a win this week, first of all. I mean, he's, you know, he still drove it well. He's not hitting his irons particularly well. He was uh, like 71st, basically last of the guys that made the cut this week in approaching the green. He was, you know, gain shots around the green, gain shots putting, which can be his weakness at times. So, uh, yeah, just just not not his best week. But, you know, it is what it is. Another made cut for him. Oh, great. Make cuts. Don't really count, honestly. So it's I'm a sorry mule event. He, of course. Know, he needs to step up. Thank you. Uh, now, Ryder Cup implications here. Does it yeah. change anything of where you think uh, Captain Luke Donald should be? I don't know. It's a, it's a good question. I think uh, I still think he's like the perfect guy that you could you trot out. You know exactly what his floor is. I think he's made, what, like five of six cuts on tour this year seven of eight like he's he's been automatic he missed the cup by one in scotland that's it get him a little bit of rest get him get him some practice reps i think he's he's in great shape i think i don't know keen to see what he does as far as playing european tour events kind of in the meantime looking doubtful unless he plays really well in greensboro looking doubtful that he's gonna really i'm not even sure he's eligible to make uh the playoffs but should he be eligible uh you know if he won greensboro or something like that would be in but i think otherwise you know it would be interesting to see if he goes and plays like omega european masters or the irish open you know to kind of curry some favor there so you th- he he needs to go play those events i would think so yeah i mean go go play him go play well i would say the same thing with like uh adrian dumont ditch Sart. like didn't play particularly well today but another really strong week for him on corn Ferry tour like things break differently for him in his runner-up finish and he and we're looking at a guy that's like on the verge of a battlefield promotion like he's definitely one of the top 15 20 european players in the world right now so i think he should be on the team personally i mean shit you could even make a a great great argument for podrick who lost in a playoff today which we'll get to that as well some tough candidates there the last thing uh before we close out like pga tour talk because there was a there was a major championship in the women's game this week that I, first of all, should have led with, but we're waiting for Jordan to come on. Um, I did not realize this, and I know it's made the rounds. I was, uh, I've was i been out, so I, I understand. I enjoyed a, a nice summer Italian and Greece vacation. Uh, was was thankful enough I that told the guys... I you, were, you were in Italy and Greece. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, but I missed the open. I missed everything else. But I will say this, is that... Um, Akshay winning last week. I understand that it, it was not uh, the premier event. Uh, it, it news to me, I guess, news to him that the, he he didn't get uh, points. He did not get as a lot of FedEx Cup points because it was a whatever a, a secondary event, an opposite Meaning, field opposite field event. event. Yes, I, I guess I'm overall I'm confused with this because the PGA Tour wants to push a both ways you would think that like obviously because the reason why is because he is a special still under special temporary membership or whatever correct right now if he would have been a full member he would have gotten the points allowed to him 
I guess why? What 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 exactly is the PGA Tour trying to do? Who are they trying to protect here? That that says if you're a special or a tep- temporary membership, or you know you're in this category, like why would they not? Like what? I guess wh- who are they trying to protect here? I don't know some veteran curmudgeon. I'm sure that you know like William McGirt or somebody who who would complain about it. But like yeah, like is it a PGA Tour event or not? You know exactly. Like bottom line, you should get, you should get your exemption. You should get, it should count. It shouldn't matter what you are. If you're a special temporary member, if you're a, if you're a, you know, a full member, if you're a non, a complete non-member, if you win an event, like that, that should, that, that, I don't know what else you can do, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I'm kind of lost for words there. Do you know what I'm not lost for words about though? How amazing our range finders are. TC, this is precision pro golf. Did you know that we own rangefinders and our own carrying cases now? We've partnered with our friends at Precision Pro Golf to customize their NX10 rangefinder and your favorite NLU design to rep the pod on the golf course. Head to precisionprogolf.com forward slash NLU and use code no laying up. That's spelled out no laying up to save $20 on the rangefinder and case. We all have been using the NXT now for almost a year. Rangefinder is a tank. Look, it locks on targets, lightning quick. The additional features on it, such as slope addition, HD optics, and make the magnetic cart mount, make the NX10 our go-to choice on the course. You won't find a better customer care package in in golf with free battery replacement to industry-leading customer service and a 90-day money-back guarantee. There is a reason Precision Pro has been our trusted partner for years. Don't wait. Please go to precisionprogolf.com forward slash NLU and save $20 and get your NLU rangefinder and carrying case with code no laying up TC. Let's welcome on the guest of the hour, none only than Miss Jordan Perez. Jordan, how are we doing? What's up? Doing great. Uh, very hyped after some very good major championship golf this week. I don't know. I. I'm freaking amped for the Solheim Cup. I don't know about you guys. I'm freaking amped. I I can't stop thinking about it. I mean, this this weekend just really got me like, okay, oh my gosh, I I need to see what Team Europe is going to do immediately because, geez, it is their year. It's an embarrassment of riches. I mean, that was a stout leaderboard. Celine Boutier, first French woman to win the Evian, won by six, did it in dominating fashion. I think she led after every round. Is that correct? Since Friday. Since Friday, okay. But, you know, opening round 66, uh, and she prevailed over Brooke Henderson to finish second, uh, Celine Board, uh, Gabby Lopez, Aileen Kim, Yuka Sasso, and NASA all tied for third. I actually had drinks with NASA's caddy in the, uh, in the lounge on my way to Manchester uh, last Saturday. Um, but it was just, it was like no doubt all day, just open and shut. Minji Lee kind of faded from view. Um, I don't know, just, just expert class from Celine Boutier. What was your take? I'm a little overwhelmed when I think about it because right, like Celine just gave herself every opportunity possible. She left herself some really nice short putts to get it done. A lot of great birdies made. Uh, today wasn't even her best round. She just had enough left to finish it out. Uh, Brooke really couldn't get it done. I mean, one under wasn't going to get it done because Celine entered the day. I think she was three shots ahead of Brooke. And so, yeah, I mean, just 
thinking about the quality of golf. And the thing about Celine was like, she really wasn't playing that great coming into the week. I mean, and this year, particularly in majors, she really wasn't playing that great. I mean, I think she had made cuts in pretty much every single one, but really wasn't in contention at any point. And so for her to take her country's major, to be the first, first French woman to do it was just really cool. And it's her first. And I mean, once again, I mean, she was playing solid, but not great this year, but she was already very much in consideration for Solheim, but it's a lock now. And I think, you know, does the USA have the momentums on their side? Yes. But I think there's even a little more in the favor of Team Europe and Celine is just adding to that. And yeah, I don't know. She's just an, she's just an exceptional player right now. And just this, it's a cool story. And it's interesting coming off of a men's major and we had something very similar happen in some senses. In my immediate thought was like, oh, she kind of like Brian Harmon to that shit a little. Like that was really <laughs> cool. <laughs> and so, but for Celine, I think Celine was one of those players also. She had it coming for a while. She was a top-notch amateur for a long time. Played at Duke, won an NCAA. Um, I think in that same year that she won the NCAA, she had won like three times and like won another collegiate title, but was just generally a really good amateur, was world number one at a certain point. I don't remember for how long, but she was always a really top prospect. And that first major had kind of eluded her for a long time, and she got it done this week. Lives in Dallas, too, just like Cody. You know, I, I've actually seen her around uh, Trinity. She's a proud member of Team Altus. So shout out to, of course, Cam, Corey, the rest of the squad there. They're, I'm sure they're absolutely pumped that they got to add another uh, major championship banner to the, the squad there. But, you know, she uh, I remember watching Drive On this year. She ended up winning their playoff over Georgia Hall and just being like how poised she was and being like, oh, like, you know, theoretically, Celine, like, gave a couple away at the end and Georgia was like, like coming, coming in hot. And she was just like, Nope, like I'm just going to go play this playoff and I'm going to drain this like 15 footer on top of Georgia. Like the playoff isn't going to phase me at all. And then seeing her this week, like seemingly not give up anything to the field. Like it, it felt like once she had the lead in her grasp, like it, she was just, yep, I'm just playing my game, keeping it going. Absolutely had nerves of steel. Uh, it was a phenomenal, phenomenal event to watch. And you're right. She's like such a good addition to the European Soul Hub team. Uh, honestly, I, the U.S. team's got to watch out because the, the, <laughs> the European team is so stacked. They're all playing so good right now. Uh, we haven't even gone down like the rest of the leaderboard yet on it. But uh, I, I, I know you want to say like people think momentum is on Team USA sides. I, I don't believe that. I think it's going to be the other way around. And like the USA squad needs to like get their shit in gear because this could end up being an absolute landslide. Totally agree. I mean, Celine played well at, at, uh, at uh, Inverness. You know, she went one, one and one She beat the heck out of Mina Harry guy in singles. Uh, you know, she's been on the last two of these. I like, yeah, I'm totally, it's almost like, who do you leave off the European team? I would imagine Lynn Grant, is a lock to be on hundred percent. You know, you like Lynn, know, Lynn finishes T 16 this week. Like, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of, of who would be, who would be left off of, of European names that like we would think of. Actually that, that that's kind of a good segue. Cause I want to talk about what happened with Carlota Saganda this week. Did you guys see Ooh, this? Ooh, that was T. <laughs> So Carlota 
uh, gets uh, a slow play penalty. An LPGA spokesperson said group 14 re received a stern warning on number seven after being out of position. Didn't say stern, just a warning on, uh, on number seven after being out of position. That was their 16th hole of the day. Group failed to make up any time through the seventh hole. Therefore, they were timed starting on eight. Seganda's shot times on nine. The group's final hole of play prompted a two-shot penalty per the LPGA's pace of play policy. So uh, Seganda made a five on the hole. Uh, Carlotta then refused to sign her scorecard uh, and said that she took to social media. So, so she gets DQ'd because she refuses to sign her scorecard for seven and said, you know, I made a five. I didn't make a seven. She said, I got a few messages about the DQ yesterday. I want to be very clear. And the reason I did not sign a seven in the last hole is because I don't think I took 52 seconds. Like the rules official said, I had a 10 footer on the last hole, last putt and the group behind, they were not even on the tee on a par five, which is, I'm paraphrasing here, but very irrelevant. Uh, very poor performance from the LPGA rules official. They don't understand what professional golf is all about. They only look at their stopwatch like if 20 seconds is going to make a difference. I had family and friends watching, and they all said it was impossible. I took that long to hit that putt. Yesterday was tough out there with windy conditions and difficult pins, and I wish everyone gets treated the same. They don't pick on the same players all the time. That's all. It's worth noting that she was also penalized two years ago at the match play event at Shadow Creek on the 18th hole and lost the match because of it. Um, so this is, you know, like she's like very legendary out there for being like one of the slowest players on the planet. So I thought that was wild. She's calling it a Saganda conspiracy. Like that is intimating conspiracy right there. Totally. I mean, that's, that's pretty cut and dry. Like, you know, I, uh, you know, calling out the rules officials, telling them that they don't know what, what major championship golf or, or even professional golf is all about. That's, that's pretty, it's pretty crazy. Even before um, the call out, I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. I'm just like, she just straight up said, nope, I'm not, I'm not going to put the seven down. Nope. That I didn't do that. Nope. Like, well, low key like, I think it's interesting too, because she's, she's seventh on the, on the world rankings list right now for, um, you know, the European Solheim cup team, which is in Spain too. And she's Spanish. Um, you know, I know, I know the other Spaniard that's been on multiple, multiple times over the last few years, Azahara, she's, I think she recently, um, had a baby, I think in the last, last year or two. So she hasn't been, that was last year. We saw her, she played at the, uh, she played a full season this year. Just, just hasn't had the performance. Still coming back. For. Yeah. Yeah. Which honestly, she would be. Uh, you want to talk about like weird, back, like bottom back end of of team like captain picks? I would say that she's like definitely up there. Yeah, right now as it stands, it's Maya Stark, Lynn Grant as the two in Ladies European Tour. Well, it is raining so hard at my place. What is that, dude? It's the was that the thunder? Thunder, yeah. It's on the way here. Holy cow! Crazy. If we got Maya Stark, Lynn Grant from the. L.E.T. side, and then you've got Leona, Georgia Hall, Charlie Hall, Celine, Carlota, and uh, Anna Nordquist right now. So, you know, not a great, uh, not and, a great. And, yeah, MC just so there, people, just so people realize there. what what. So there's two automatic uh, qualifiers from the L.E.T. point series, or excuse me, you know, the L.E.T. qualifying points, and then they take six or eight. They take Rolex. six from Rolex, and then there's there's uh, there's four captains picks. Okay, 
So we're looking you know. like the the bottom end right now. I think probably Anna is. Uh, I'm waiting for the page to load, but yeah, Carlota and then Anna Norquist taking up that sixth spot in the Rolex rankings list for Europeans. And then, God, I'm trying to think who would be okay. So Madeline's ten points behind Anna, definitely in the running. Most likely, will get a captain's pick. Yeah, I would think Madeline would be in there. I would think. I mean, you got to think. Carlotta's probably Carlotta, and then you gotta you gotta keep going like way down. Gemma Drybar, she she played really well this week. She's she's the next up. She's sixty first in the world. Jody Ewart Shadoff, yep, is up there. Um, you know, Nana Quartz Madsen, Albane Valenzuela, you know, and then you start getting down beyond seventies, eighties, nineties, hundreds. So I don't know. It's kind of a top top heavy team. But um, we'll see. Jordan, what are we missing here? I know, like, you know, we have such a, uh, probably not just us, but, like, the golfing world has such a a slanted kind of view towards this major championship. It's kind of a major championship based off of of money and being told so only. It's a $6.5 million purse, million dollars going to the winner. Um, I know in the past, like, it's just kind of been a stinker. This year, I think watching it on TV and like great coverage window with like pretty exciting, dominating winner. Uh, it was actually like very pleasant viewing for me. But what do you, what would you say to people who who are out there? It's like, yeah, this is the fifth major. This thing's out of here, man. It's a tough major to place for people and to contextualize. Um, and yeah, like purse and just the association of it. And, you know, right. You're right. To the coverage point, you're so right. Like there was it definitely stepped up a lot. Kind of year in and year out, It as far as field and legitimacy and competition, like all that is still pretty much there. And I mean, I think Celine, Celine winning the way she did, like just taking this year, for example, like – has a huge amount of legit- legitimacy. Like this is just that this was an incredible win. Like I, it, there, there, no one else was doing what she was doing for the past three days. And so, I mean, in the, I think it might take a while for Evian to kind of like be in like that pantheon of like, you know, I, and I hate saying legit majors because I, I think there, there's, some, okay. there's legitimacy to the Evian there's legitimacy to the Evian, but I think this definitely helps its case. I know this was this was a point that I wanted to make earlier when we were kind of like going around the leaderboard just a little bit. I know we talk about how the LPGA kind of has like a bit of an identification problem when it comes to consistency and like the players that we know and, you know, just marketing itself in general. Like that's hard and like golf has that problem in every single place, but the LPGA especially so. I feel like this major championship season and Evian's really helped with that too, especially we've had like a lot of consistency. We're seeing a lot of the same names kind of come out and emerge and attempt to contend. And I think it's super refreshing. Like a couple examples I had at the top of my head were Rose, obviously Rose has been coming out with these T10s. That's awesome. And I mean, and maybe some people like kind of drummed up the hype train a little bit. I'll I'll take responsibility there. I think I did a little bit, but <laughs> it's 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 incredible in the context of an LPGA rookie entering her professional career. Like that's that's an excellent run in the majors so far. Um, Yuka at Baltusrol and Yuka this week. Yuka Yuka's had some good outings. Uh, Minji has been popping around here and there. 
And, you know, we kind of thought Nellie had faded away, but I, I, Nellie's low-key back, do we want to say? Is that is that too much to say just yet? Um, Lynn Grant? I would say a yeah. little. I mean, she she took it deep. She had that 164. The rest of them were just kind of whole-hum. Like, those aren't Nellie rounds yet. Um, Fair. So I'm sticking with low-key. Loki. Yeah, for for sure, very Loki. I understand, and I and I'm on the same page that you're you're going down here. I I I am so close to wanting to agree with you, but like, you know, Nelly should be the number one player in the world. Like, she is the number one player in the world. She just needs to show up and like play like the number one player in the world. And until that happens, like, then I'll be like, hell yeah, Jay! Like, she back. We're here, and we ain't going nowhere. She's lurking. She's lurking. Guys, I think my house might blow away. This is, I don't know if you can hear that. But <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I, I'm trying to mute myself, but I'm not talking here. But I'm with you. I think, you know, Nelly's starting to act like a little bit. The 64 in the third round. But otherwise, she shot to 70, 73, 64, 72. I feel like we're getting a little bit of Bell Reeve syndrome here. We're like, hey, it's a good leaderboard. That must mean this is a good course. Or, or, you know, a big-time event. I do think there's, you know, it's. I mean, everybody's playing the same course, and it does tend, it's very hilly. It's, you know, it's on the side of a mountain. Uh, it does tend to to yield pretty good ball strikers. Like, I think, you know, you got to, you can't fake it. You got to hit a lot of greens on this course. It's not a, not a putting contest. Um, you know, and I think that's, that's signified by, you know, Brooke being up there. Um, Yuka Sasso continues to play well. Very, very good uh, stretch from her here of late. A um, little bit of a stolen Valor top 10 for Ataya Titicum. She uh, shot 65 today, slides in at T9. Megan Kang, 66, slides in at T9. Um, and then otherwise, I think there's, yeah, like Minji, that was kind of shocking today. 66 yesterday, 75 today. There were a few holes out there that talking to some players, like, very controversial or very they were turned up to 11 and <laughs> there were there were some serious like blow up holes out there on that course which i always appreciate as a spectator and someone who kind of wants chaos yeah go ahead jordan no no it, this was i i just wanted to drop a fun Cel- celine fun fact if you will she's five feet tall i did not realize that Probably like 90 pounds like too. Very, she has, yeah, very low. She has a 19-inch waist that I'm always like, man, how do you hit it so far, girl? Like, yeah. What is, what's going on? You know what's funny? It's like this year like doesn't really reveal much. Like she's like 35th in driving accuracy. I mean like has kind of just kind of middle of the road with her stats. Like it's fine, but she's not like, you know, nothing really stands out on paper. And it's like she just kind of came out all this week and said, remember me? But yeah, I mean, seven shot lead or, or win. That's that's it. Going down the leaderboard a bit more. Jin Young Ko T twenty kind of s- continues to just simmer right below the surface. Not uh, you know, we'll we'll see if she's got anything in the tank here for. I think British British is going to be a big big week for Jin yeah. Young. Like Agreed. she got to do something. I want to shout out Angel like again. Uh, a, 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 just an awesome performance in a major championship with a 76 on her scorecard. Like, what are, what are we doing? She's in there at T20. Uh, she's the best, man. Like, I don't know if we if we told any stories, but, like, we hung out with her Sunday uh, at the end of, of the, the U.S. Women's Open out at Pebble, and, like, she sat down, and she was just, like, 
a joy to be around. She's always a joy to be around, even though clearly disappointed by her performance there on Sunday and was just like, yeah, that's cool, man. Like, you know what? Next week's another tournament. And today I'm going to enjoy some drinks and like bring like take this all in and and just keep it moving. Yeah, we were having a great time with her. And then that was when that was when our man Tommy Roy came up <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, b- broke up the combo a little bit. Guys, this is unbelievable. God, people are gonna sleep so good listening to this podcast, though. We, <laughs> is it that we, bad? We got it ends? in. We got it in early, so like it'll be published tonight, so most people don't have to wait and listen to it on Monday morning. But TC, like your your thunder and lightning, it's just rolling through, dog. It's truly impressive. I'm so self conscious about it. I'm trying. I'm trying to mute myself, and it just <laughs> just keeps going and going and going. It's good so. ASMR. Oh man, Jordan, what else are we missing here from this tournament? One person who missed the cut, who I was a little surprised about, was Charlie Hull. Um, expected more. Especially she said she was like momentum. sick or something like that. She seems to be a, a sick when she doesn't play well, so it could be one of those things. Ah, really? Yeah, that's what I thought. I saw some about like oh, I have like a, a stomach virus or something like that. That's what uh, struggling to get it together on day one. Okay, okay, interesting. Yeah, she thought seventy-seven in the first round, so. I, I think it was a solid leaderboard, and yeah, like Celine's performance obviously lends to the quality of golf you needed to contend there, and she went out and did it. And I think I'm I'm really hyped for Walton Heath now because I'm like, who's going to be the third person or not third person rather, but like who's going to claim the final major of the year? And like I think of the whole Solheim momentum argument is like. Maybe the momentum is somewhat on the American side in that regard, but like only in majors, right? Like just from overall consistency, you're seeing so much more from Team Europe just year round, not even just in the majors. And this is only establishing so. And so, yeah, I don't know. I'm fired up. I'm fired up after this week. Celine's up to first in the in the season long points race as well. Yes, she's uh, she's pretty pretty clear uh, ahead of Jin Young Ko, who's second as well. So. Just like double like stamp here in my my USA Solheim Cup team take like it kind of stinks when there's a player who's going to be on that team who just like for the third year in a row doesn't even elect to attend this major championship and probably the like she's probably like the third or four in the third or fourth spot on the team and like probably in the number two or three spot on the team DK like goes over and shoots seventy three seventy nine like tough. That's where I'm like, we we need to make something up here. And I don't know if, like, between, this is a tough run from between this to Scottish to British at Walton Heath. Like, you know, there's plenty of golf out there to get. But, like, if you're coming in with poor form here, like, I just don't think that, like, you know, add a little wind and conditties into the mix. Like, that, that create, like, you're not going to find something searching for it there. It's like uh, Lilia showed up, made the cut. Like she, I, I know she's been hurt, Lilia Vu, but you know, still shows up, grinds, and everything. Versus, kind of reminds me of like when Kenny Perry used to skip the the uh, British Open, even though he was eligible. She's like, "Yo, yeah. like, I'm not going to that. <laughs> like, we're good." Yeah, but so did like Arnold. But that was because there was other things at play. Like, I think that I, I don't know what it is now with Lexi, why she continues to skip it. Maybe it's just a, a scheduling thing, but like she doesn't really have like that full of a schedule anyway. It's just, just not happening. The, my shock of, of all the people that like missed the cut, that's not really my biggest shock of the week. 
a shock of the week is somebody who like absolutely made the cut opening with an opening round 66, then laid a 76, 71, 77 on it. And that's Lydia. Like it's something's up. I know we're searching for it. Everybody's saying like, chill. We're back with a, you know, a new swing instructor. And, and we saw like little glimpses of that at the U S women's open, but man, it feels like we're a long way off still. Also first round leader. Paula Rito, kind of the not a not a Camilo, but like a post a post cut Camilo. 64, 75, 72, 80. Which is same thing. I was getting tagged in stuff left and right, like Thursday and Friday when we we're out playing golf about Patty. Awesome, awesome round. 69, 67 to start, and then just a horrible weekend, 74, 76, you know, T forty eight, but that's just that's just not gonna do it. I, the second I saw Patty up there, I was like, nope, I'm not doing this again. Like, no. I know. This, it's hard. You're not getting me this time. Between the 14th and the 16th holes out there, it seems like there's too many big numbers out, like lurking out there for Patty to really contend in this one <laughs> right now. I know. So. I know. Man, you know, we're going over for the uh, – Big and I are going over for the women's British, and, and we, I got to put in like our little – I, I would like to play in the pro-am. It still blows my mind. Like these, these major championships still have pro-ams, but like, Hey, I would love to play with Patty. Like that was top, top, top of the list. I'm like, let's see, because I, I there's something, I don't know what it is. Like I've never seen somebody be like fire and ice as much as Patty has been like the last year and a half. God, who else would be on that list? Charlie. For sure. hundred percent. Jordan, who would be on your list? In the pro am for the for the women's British. Ooh, hmm, it's a good question. You know, I've watched Rosang in a pro am before. Um, I'm not sure I personally <laughs> would want to play with Rosang because I I just I poor thing I would probably irritate her and just be in her way the whole time. And it, yeah, like I, I don't know that Rosang should be playing golf with mortals. It's just just not a thing that should happen. <laughs> but I mean, Ro- Rose Rose is fun to chop it up with. So maybe Rose, but maybe maybe Angel again. I, I mean, I don't I don't uh, I I haven't hang wise. I haven't had the yeah. chance to talk to Angel, but <laughs> she she seems like a great time. Hang wise, it would be Angel all day long. Like you you never know where that conversation is going to end up at. The other person, like maybe a, a like, hey, let's walk with me. Maybe we can talk some things out. Jenny Shin. Who could be like the ball striker's ball striker, but also I could be like, all right, Jenny, like every single shot, I'm gonna start the stopwatch here. I'm <laughs> going to help you out on this dog because you're like so freaking good. But this pace of play thing is out of control here. Like we gotta let, let's do this hand in hand. Let's figure this out. I mean, maybe do that with with uh, Carlotta as well. Right? <laughs> True, Just, but she would that, fight me. That's a fun exercise. <laughs> I think Jenny would be like, oh, you're right. Carlotta would be like, no, fuck you, man. Like, you get out of here. I don't know if I could handle that. I would say for me, NASA, NASA or Minji at this point. I've done, you know, play with Angel before. It's, it's delightful. Premium ball striking up close. Speaking of which, Jordan, big, big weekend for Duke as well. Big we weekend along for Duke. We're following with the uh, U.S. Junior Am. Ooh. Tell us about that. Oh my gosh. Well, the Junior Am, Junior Am is kind of funny to me, if you will. Um, And I I only (laughs) say this because I feel like in terms of the pipeline of like That was a big one. Sorry. You're you're good. good. (laughs) 
And they had some weather at the Junior Am this week too. They also the did. They also Carolina. did. Yeah, it it was an interesting Junior Am. Um, but maybe just overall, just kind of starting before we kind of get into the details. Um, the Junior Am is an interesting tournament to me, just because I feel like sometimes it's almost a better indicator of professional success than the amateur has been in like maybe Ooh. the past two decades. Um. And I don't have like I don't have you. You and Charlie Belgian, the only ones taking that taking that. Brian one Harman, Brian Harman, uh, true, true, true. Brian Harman, uh, let's see, and like yeah, maybe that didn't reveal itself for a long, long time. Maybe, maybe not. But like Brian Harman, Jordan Spieth won it twice. Scotty, like Scotty Scheffler. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let, me see. Let me see who else we got. We got uh, we got Preston Summerhays. I think he's. Cody, you better watch yourself. Yeah, well, no, I got it. Or Bjornsson, Minwoo Lee, Zalatoris. I was trying to think of outside five years. Yeah, Kevin Tway, uh, Siwon Kim. Obviously, he's had a ton of success on on uh, Live this year. Uh, Hunter Mahan. Oh, you're going way back. That's Tiger Woods. We're back to back to back. Ninety nine, dude. David Duval. <laughs> I can't believe you missed, you skipped over our guy, James O. Love James O. Yeah, I don't think he had a whole lot of professional success, though. No. Pheno- phenomenal Instagram game, though. I'll give him that. You guys, oh, so, okay, we're just getting ignored. Philip Francis. Philip Francis Corey Winslet. So Cameron so Peck. Jim Lee. Like, there's, a, you, you're running at, like, a 50% clip There's here. some bad ones in there, but there's a lot. I think there's a lot more. I think to Jordan's point, there's a lot more fluky U.S. AM winners than there are U.S. Junior It's AM bizarre winners. in terms of sample size. Like, it just doesn't make sense. I, 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 again, I don't, you know, maybe, maybe there's more numbers to this. I'm not sure. But somehow that pipeline runs a little bit stronger. It's it's strange. But yeah, this was also a really weird U.S. Junior. Had a lot of weather delays. Uh, had a suspension of play through halfway through the final, basically. I mean, a Which, little listen, over halfway. That, that, that's going to happen when you have it last week of July in Charleston, South Carolina. You know, Which I was thinking a lot about this past week. I'm like, mm, this is an interesting way to schedule a, an event in the Southeast in the middle of the summer especially this you know it's scheduled ahead of time maybe they they didn't know that we would have such extreme heat this year but there's always hurricane season which we are right smack dab in the middle of so anywho yeah um i don't know it was it was interesting so we had a medalist come through all the way to quarterfinals which i thought was pretty unique um in tommy morrison who i saw some buzz absolute about absolute unit yes yes yeah. he is 6 8 if i'm Right? Yeah. I think, it's yeah. Huge. Tommy early enrolled at Texas this past spring and was just, just, just an incredible player. But I saw some buzz like saying like, oh, why's, why's Tommy in this? There's some college players that sneak in. They're still age eligible. As long as they don't hit 19, they can play the junior. Um, uh, which I'm totally fine with. Yeah. That. It's yeah. not like, it's not like drive, chip and putt. Like if you play in the U.S. Junior Am, no, like I would, I would love to see the Venn diagram of kids playing in the U.S. Junior Am who've qualified for this, who are also eligible for the drive chip of putt this year. Like that that Venn diagram should not exist. It's there. No. It's definitely there. And anyways, like the junior champions always trend older anyway. So it's I don't know. I'd I'd rather see an older, more experienced junior player, you know, in a final maybe than like a younger kid who maybe like has like a 2% chance, but anywho, that's, that's getting carried away. Quarterfinals 
semis got a little interesting. Uh, we saw Anna Davis's brother Billy, who uh, I I feel like is ma- is oh, not a poor Billy. Not man. the best way to refer to Billy. All like all week it was. Thank you, Anna Davis's brother. Anna Davis's brother. Anna Davis's brother. Like Billy's pretty legit. Bill- Billy's a legit junior player. Like he's good. He's been pretty much around the top of the AJGA for a while. Going to Auburn, I mean, he's he's legit. And this week he had an exceptional week. It got away from him. He pushed the match to an extra hole. He poured in, I think it was like, what, like, it looked like a 20-footer or something. It was like an insane putt. Just, he's solid. And it was nice to kind of see him, like, somewhat emerge from the shadow, even though, like, if you took a shot for the amount of times that he was referred to as Anna's brother, like, it just, just you'd be dead. You'd be absolutely dead. But, no, it was it was. What do you think cool. Billy, what does Billy have to do to get that moniker away? Probably win the U.S. Junior Am. He, he has to win the Masters. Sorry. He has to win it against the Exactly. National That's too. what I was going to say. Like, <laughs> yeah, he has to he literally yeah. <laughs> he has to win the Masters in or for people to stop referring to him as just like, oh, yeah, that's Billy. Anna Davis's brother. Well, I, yeah, I would say probably not win the U.S. Junior. I mean, he would probably need to win like U.S. AM. I don't know. Anwa still like it's it, man. Yeah, I know. Like it's always and that's tough, tough, tough spot for him to yeah. be. Brian Kim beat beat jo- Joshua by two up. Josh was from New Zealand. Brian will be enrolling at Duke here in the fall. So, um, you know, Duke just kind of always, always producing some, some good, not great talent. I would say if you looked at the professional ranks, right? No offense to Adam Long, things of that nature. Celine, it's a nice get for Duke. I feel like Duke's been a little bit quiet on the collegiate side the past couple of years. Um, I feel. I'd, I'd honestly coming into the week, I didn't know a lot about Brian Kim. I really didn't, but he's been a pretty solid player in the AJGA for some time. Uh, I think he had never made a cut in a USGA event. And I don't know if he was like specifically referring to just the junior, but he had never made a cut until this week. And, you know, just kind of was quietly going about his business, getting it done. Joshua Bai was actually ranked higher than Brian. Uh, Joshua Bai is not playing college golf, but he was ranked higher. I think he was like 267 in Wagger, and Brian was like 443rd. Two very solid junior players, I'd say. But yeah, it was a pretty close match for most of it. It was a very interesting sequence on 18. Brian was one up, and... So all Josh needs to do is push, try to push the mash into extra holes and playing a par five. Josh had basically said, I got to go for it too. I got to get, I got to get to the green, like under no, any circumstance. Brian's tee shot is, goes into the right rough. Josh goes for it in two. His approach like goes like way, way right. And then if I remember right, he basically hits this chip and it just like, whoo, just like flings over the green, catches a down slope, goes all the way, and lands in some TV cables. And so basically what happens is like the rules official has to come over and they have to give two rulings for this. So what happens is the ball's in the cables. They're like, okay, it's movable. We can move the cables. And then you get relief essentially. And then they realize there's a generator right there where he can hit. And they're like, okay, that's immovable. So let's drop. And so drops it yeah and so and then he chunks it still chilling in the rough and then tries to chip it again just goes over the green while brian kim's standing on the green he's made it to the green at this point it's just been waiting for the sequence for like 
think this is a good like 10 minutes that this occurred. Like felt very long. I think the broadcast said five felt like 10 minutes. It, it was, it was, it was a long time. Um, and so anyway, at that point, um, Josh, Josh conceded the match. He was like, yeah, it's yours. Like Brian had not hit a putt at this point. He was like, it's yours. Oh, what a way to win. It, it was, it was, it was a bizarrely anticlimactic. It was an interesting sequence. Well, Jordan, we'll get you out of there. Oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> it's coming down TC. Also shout out to Josh by could have, he has like the mega mullet going on. So that was, that was truly impressive mm-hmm. Quite uh, the to flow. see all that flow flow happening. Do you know, uh, like he's not going to play in college. He's going to go straight to playing pro or what? That's yep. That's what it sounds like. He will not be playing collegiate golf. Oh, interesting. Uh, we got the USAM in like two weeks out at Cherry Hills and big Randy's neck, neck of the woods. Young yeah. Ben will be on location for a bit really too. Yep. Love so that. young Ben will be out there to take in some of the USAM coverage. Um, very, very excited about that. The other thing, uh, you know, TC and I, we had a great, great uh, trip, but we're hanging out with somebody who's very close friends uh, with a, a young man named Luke Colton. Want to give him a shout out to? He made it through, uh, got it to the round of 32 and ended up getting beat out by Chase Nevins. But Luke Colton from Frisco, Texas, his dad, people uh, don't have a clue who Luke Colton is, but his dad's actually the founder of the 100 Hold Hike. So close uh, friend of the program. And, Which and one of us will be doing a hundred hole hike. Uh, <laughs> yes. TC. <laughs> Me or Solly likely uh, based on our DraftKings stuff. But yeah, Luke was, I think he was four over through like his first few holes and called a penalty on himself. Um, and then, yeah, ends up like finishing, I think like fourth or fifth in stroke play advancing. And it was his first USGA uh, event that he had qualified for too. So bright, coming off of like two future. weeks Two weeks earlier, he's the uh, people know this as the young man who also qualified for the USAM <laughs> at the same spot as Shane Bacon. So what looked like a father-son picture with Shane uh, actually was just young Luke Colton uh, from Frisco, Texas. So yeah. very, very excited for him. He'll be uh, out of Cherry Hills in a couple weeks and excited for his future. But um, Jordan, appreciate you taking the time. As always, uh, you've, you've enjoyed... Uh, or you made us like actually dig back in and cover the amateur game. Uh, so I appreciate you forcing us to do that. You're always have it's for fresh wisdom. It's incredible. And also I want to shout out your, of course, Taylor Swift takes, because if people haven't read, please go check uh, them out on the website as well. Well, thanks for having me. And thanks for giving me a place to talk about amateur golf and Taylor Swift. I think there's few corners of the <laughs> internet that you can do that. So. Well, let's get you back on in a couple of weeks. Once the, once the Cherry Hills amateur wraps up, and then and then we'll get you back on. I can't wait for Bel Air. Yes, US, uh, women's am. Oh, awesome. I'm so amped. I'm so amped. Oh, so many Bel Air and Cherry Hills takes to be had. Yeah. <laughs> well, have a great night. Stay safe in this weather, please. Oh, uh, this is yeah. This is gonna be especially if it's coming your way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. ITC man, what else we got to run down? Cody, did you see any of the Senior Open? Uh, I checked it out a little bit this morning. Kandidi's looked uh, quite tough. It was awesome. It was that was the first golf I watched today. I was kind of flipping back and forth between that and the Evian. Um, I was on solo duty this morning with the kiddos, and they actually sat down and watched. They were like, "That looks like really wet and windy, Dad." And it was. I mean, they were at Royal Porth Call in Wales. Uh, Alex Cheka ended up winning in a playoff over 
Audrey Harrington, who was wearing this beanie. It looked like he didn't know how to wear a beanie. It was awesome. Um, <laughs> I think Chaco shot like 76. Uh, so did Padraig. Chaco lost his opening tee shot just and, and still, you know, still ended up winning. Uh, Padraig played his last 14 holes in even par. Final round scoring average. Uh, this is from John Huggins right up in Golf Digest. Final round scoring average was 78.5. That's sick. Um, Rob Britz and Y.E. Yang were the only guys to shoot level par. Monty shot 88. And what? 26 guys shot over 80. I mean, like guys were missing 12 to 18 inch putts on TV. It was awesome. It was the, like some of the be best, most entertaining golf I've watched all season. Just a complete disaster. And, you know, I'm sure there's some guys there that that wished it wouldn't have even happened. Ooh. See, see what I did there, Cody? Ooh, I like this. And that brings us to Serve Pro. Um, they are the official uh, cleanup and restoration choice for NLU. And you know what? We've had a bunch of people kind of come up to us and say, hey, you know, never thought anything of it. And then my basement flooded. My basement, I don't even have a basement. My basement might be flooding right now. I might need Serve Pro after you're, this. You're, you might be floating away right over. now. Um, but Serve Pro is the number one choice in cleanup and restoration. They do construction as well. They've got over 50 years of experience helping people recover from disasters. Serve Pro is here to help 24-7. Just call 1-800-SERVE-PRO. Like I said, they specialize in cleaning and restoration due to floods, storms, fires, mold, and more. They are faster to any size disaster with over 2,000 locations nationwide, especially as we get into hurricane season down here in my neck of the woods and probably tornado season in your neck of the woods, Cody. Yes, sir. So, um, gosh, what else we got? We got some other news and notes from around the golf world. Uh, PGA Tour, Big J, back from, back from Colorado. Uh, back on the job, released a memo on Wednesday. Um, a few different outlets picked it up, um, kind of going off of golf.coms right up here. Uh, shout out to James Colgan and Sean Zock. Uh, a couple components here. So PGA Tour, Big J says, we, the PGA Tour is not able to support the rollback and model local rule uh, that's been proposed by the RNA and the USGA because, quote, membership believes that the proposed rule was not warranted and is not in the best interest of the game. Cool. I, I love it. I, 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 yes, when professional golfers who, like, get paid massive amounts of money, like, of course they're the ones who should be telling us what is the best interest of this game of golf. Yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Big Tone had this to say. I think that it's that's important, setting a precedent moving forward, hopefully. You know, my opinion has always been that we should have our own rule book on the PGA tour and we should abide by those. Very, very interesting there from big tone. What a tour, man. Uh, Jason Gore though, kind of gave me some hope. He, he said this on Sirius XM. Uh, this was reported by David Dusick in golf week. Uh, he said, I think what, what we came down to was we didn't feel like this proposal was warranted. We're not against doing something said PGA tour executive vice president. And, Newly minted chief player officer. Wait, he got promoted. He got promoted. Again? That was that was that was the next part of the memo. God, um, just a, an incredible rise from executive Jason Gore. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, shit. He was just you know kind of the the player liaison for the USGA a few short months ago. Very um, tour events a couple yeah. years before that. Uh, he said he Jason continues. This was with Michael Breed uh, on on Thursday morning. We agree with Mike Wan in that doing nothing is not an option. So, hey, agree okay. with him there. 
We just don't feel that this is the best path forward. The bifurcation was really hard for us to swallow. So hmm. see, you know, granted, I do think based upon, you know, it's seemingly the entire membership is livid at Jay seemingly. Yes. I, I think that, you know, them supporting the rollbacks, probably a non-starter uh, at this point. So, you know, kind of one, one step at a time here, Jay's trying to, trying to, you know, consolidate his battles, if you know, if you will. So then the other part of the memo, uh, other than Jason Gore being announced as the chief player, was the kind of the PIF live integration component, uh, the player benefit program, which they announced, uh, which will be a financially significant, quote, uh, system of repaying loyalists. Uh, and this will be incremental to existing compensation. So basically figuring out a way to, to somehow net up some of these guys that that you know, left lucrative offers on the table from Live stayed loyal to the PGA Tour, um, and then and then pathways back slash discipline for Live guys. So Gore, Andy Pazder, and Mira Shetty, who I believe is one of the HR execs at the tour, will be heading a committee um, that will basically you know be figuring out how to. You know who gets who gets back, who gets suspended, who gets status. I'm sure all that stuff, um, which I thought was was very interesting. Um, I don't know. I don't know how they're going to do this, especially with you know he on you know head of the board. And all that. The too. legal Chairman. side of it, I, I I don't quite understand the legal side of it. I'm sure eventually that explanation will come back. I. I uh, I also don't know like how you would. I'm keen to figure out what the process is for their uh, system of repaying back loyalists who actually deserves to be yeah. repaid back and who like. So what you just have like an an all hands of like okay so who received an <laughs> offer from Live? Uh, please tell us what it is and we're going to give you fifteen percent of that yeah, uh, a, for staying. What a quagmire. That's going to be, I feel like it's, it, you know, as far as this, the, on the suspension or disciplinary front, I would think it'd be, they would look, I guess, somewhat kindly upon guys that didn't shit on everybody on the way out the door, you know? So they yeah. so you're treating like, I would think you're treating guys like Cam, you know, assuming they wanted to come back or assuming they wanted to play in co-sanctioned events. Um, well, yeah. I mean, that's a, the other side of it, right? Yeah. Differently than say, Pat Perez or Sergio or Phil, right? Like guys that didn't, you know, join lawsuits and stuff like that. The other announcement was Colin Neville of Rain Group has been appointed as a third-party advisor to the players to help keep them in the loop on framework and negotiations. Um, yeah, based on some of the player reaction, it sounded like that was the big thing. Was just like you, like yo, like you can't do all this shit in secret. You can't do all this. You know, it was like even out of view of the board. Too. like um Joe, or Joe Ogilvie had a great thread on on Twitter this week um and then Golf Week had a had some player reaction Cameron Jordan from Golf Week had some player reaction from you know Billy Horschel kind of taking the tour line um let's see here Streelman was talking about I was on a pack call about an hour and a half or sorry, I was on a pack call about an hour and a half of my pro-am. Hard to apologize. Or I had to apologize to my pro-am partners because I had my AirPods in listening to Jay. I think we were all very appreciative of him being open and honest about everything that's transpired. His illness, his timing, the way it was all brought about. 
There was some apologies. There was some tough questions. There were a lot of answers. And I think we all appreciated that. It's not a closed book, but I think a lot of us were able to put a few things behind us. It's been heavy on us, to be honest. It's been wearing for a lot of us who have been around, who have been on the pack and been on the board because we care so much. Um, take our roles as pack and advisors and board members seriously, do them for free. And we do them because we love the tour and we love the game. When things go on behind our backs, it just kind of hurts our feelings a little bit, hurts probably our egos a little bit because we care so much. So that was my biggest problem with all of this that, that went on. It's just that we didn't feel we were a part of the team. We didn't feel we were listened to. We didn't feel something that drastically affects us, our families and our sponsors and our legacies and our futures. And just, we care. So the fact is it's reality and hopefully it comes to a great settlement and that it's great for the game of golf and it's great for the future. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Well said. I, I think there's like, you know, I, I, for people who like, you know, there's, there's very clearly a group of PGA players who are very, very much invested in the overall uh, structure in the business side of how the PGA tour runs and operates itself. And it seems like there's like 98% uh, of the other group of players who are just like, yeah, man, like I just show up and like, peg it where you tell me, tell me to peg it. And like, I just keep it moving. So I can only imagine the people who are like truly invested and have been invested prior to like the last 18 months of all this stuff happening, like how left out and like, what the fuck is going on here? I've invested a ton of time, effort, individual like resources to make all of this thing, all this shit work. And now you're just completely blocking us off versus new players who are just, you know, want to be involved because it's the, the hot ticket to be involved. So I agree with Strills, man. It's a tough, shitty spot that, that Jay and the rest of the executive leadership of the tour put them because fuck man, like it's them, yeah. you know? And then, um, yeah. And then the last part was just talking about working on replacing big Randall Stevenson's board seat, which, uh, you know, I don't know. I, it'd be really interesting to see what happens with Jay over the next, you know, six to eight weeks. I think the, the 24 schedule is going to be released here in uh, about nine days, 10 days, Tuesday, August 8th. Um, it's about a month after they normally release it. So keen to see what that looks like. I saw a couple of weeks ago, they, there's a new, new tournament coming to, to Utah. Um, you know, obviously Houston's going to the fall. We'll see what other changes there are, but it sounds like it's pretty, pretty similar to what's been, floated the last couple of years. Uh, Mickelson did have some, you know, joined the conversation a little bit. He said, he tweeted, uh, what a colossal waste of time. Not a single player on live wants to play PGA tour. It would require a public apology, which that's, I'm a big public formal apology guy, <laughs> uh, and restitution to live players for paying them for paying millions to clout media to disparage all of us. A better topic is future sanctions for the many players who now come to live Ooh. flipping it on its head. Ooh, very interesting. So, uh, you know, all this comes in the, in the midst of LeBron, JJ Watt, others kind of tripping over themselves last week to offer up their services to the Saudis, uh, tell their agents to get on the horn in light of some of the soccer player money floating around, uh, over there too, with, you know, what, what, what Messi was, was offered. Mbappe has been offered all the other guys. It's, splashing some cash you know phil probably does have a little bit of a point i'm sure there's not a lot of people who are on live uh that would like to come back and play a full pga tour schedule we're going to see how long like what the ultimate like live decision is going to be once they do their analysis of it but i mean it seems like they got a pretty 
a pretty good gig going. You know, they have very minimal events that they have to play. Uh, it seems like the overall live, like they work with them and moving things around and they've changed the schedule around to make sure that they'd have warm up events before majors and everything else like that. So he's probably not too far off. I'll be keen too to see, you know, it's not like the majors and the tour can say with a straight face at this point that, Oh, you know, you guys aren't allowed into majors. You know, there's, there's, there's going to be some sort of, you know, exemption category for them. I would think even if they don't come to some sort of agreement at the end of the year, um, I don't know. It's it's gonna be interesting. I, I, you know, it's just amazing how badly the tours mangled this thing from from the get go, and the fact that now like Jay and company think that they can be the ones to just you know lead the game moving forward. Get get the hell out of here. I know it's a fucking disaster, and they still think that they have like they carry all the cards in their hand. Yeah. They're like what do you what are you fucking chuckleheads doing? Um, yeah, just the whole, I don't know. It seems like they're overstating their legal fees as well. Like talked to a few people. They were like, yeah, like you, like you would have to have every, like five different white shoe law firms basically working, you know, ha having 50 associates working around the clock, 24, seven, seven days a week for five months to incur $60 million. And no, that, they just that. wanted the suit to end. They yeah. just wanted it to stop. Both sides didn't want to fucking, you know, put anything up that they knew this was going to be a very dangerous situation on both parties, both sides of it. Neither one of them wanted to play that smoke. And then, you know, and then the, and then the tour basically going from splashing cash around to crying poor within a span of six months. It's crazy. It's kind of overstating their, their probably overstating their position and then understating their position. So yep. we'll see at this, uh, you know, when they announce their schedule for next year, what this purse sizes are going to be. Yeah. Yeah, I'll be very keen to see, you know, kind of what what comes of the designated events, what comes of, you know, fall series is already kind of going away from a main events standpoint. That's the other thing, like going back to the Barracuda thing from earlier with Akshay, it's like, how do you do, like, how do you have these, like, events now in the fall that are no longer a part of the FedEx Cup season that are basically just for status? Do those guys get, you know, like, is that treated like a real PGA Tour event? yeah great right? question so uh god what else we got did you see the dude cheating on the canadian tour that was tough last week eraser gate uh, yeah a couple weeks ago um that was tough so, dude. so what happened is that he turned in his scorecard at the you know at scoring with everybody else his his competitor who is keeping his score they check the cards everything all three players turn their cards in at the exact same time there was no changes then this guy cannot remember his name. Justin um, Doden. This was at the Ottawa Open. So Justin Doden, um, you know, when they had put their cards all back on the table, he said, actually, let me look at that one more time. Uh, and the other two players got up and left scoring, thinking that everything was done because they had signed their cards already. And then he got a little a little happy with his eraser <laughs> and changed uh, changed the card there and just let it rock. The Nobody knew the difference or, or wouldn't it? until what the other two guys were like sitting down eating lunch and like yeah. looking at the leaderboard seeing where the cut line's at and they're like saw his name there like right inside the cut line they're like, what the hell is this yeah and he went in the water on the last hole and you know dropped put it in the bunker failed to get up and down and then you know uh yeah would have moved the cut line 
too. Like 13 guys would have, 13 more guys would have missed the cut. Crazy. So uh, then he, you know, then he tweeted something. He was like, I confess. It's like, well, you can't confess after the fact. You've already been caught red-handed, dog. And then he threw out a Bible verse. The whole thing, Monday Q Info did a great job of reporting it and kind of getting it out in the open. But this man, is like, right up Ryan's alley, man. This just, is a story yeah. meant for Ryan to tell. Yeah. But man, ah, just bad, bad shit. Uh, Which busy week for Ryan. I saw him at, uh, he was on the bag this week at the Kiev uh, Corn Ferry Tour, man. Yeah. Well, speaking of the Corn Ferry Tour event, they're in a playoff right now. Patrick Fishburne, Trace Crow, uh, both going after it. And you know what? Shout out to, uh, shout out to the Corn Ferry Tour. Shout out to Barstool. Um, setting, you know, any, any past stuff aside, I was, I was pleased to see some, you know, ingenuity, some creativity doing a, you know, like basically corn fairy tour is not, not televised for like six months a year, like the entire, basically the entirety of their season from some of the very beginning events all the way through to, you know, the corn fairy finals events are. There's, there's, there's no, no telecast. You can't watch any of them. So any creative ways to get that stuff on TV. So friends, family, you know, people can watch this is, is good by me. And Barstool had, had that simulcast this or that, that broadcast this week. So good stuff. It was the, the NV5 invitational up in Chicago at the Glen club. It always surprises me. Riggs brought this up to me this year at the players when he's like, yeah, we're going to broadcast like a horn fair tour event dog. And I'm like, what are you talking about, man? Like, how, how, how are you going to do this stuff? How is this going to get done? Like, are you just going to live stream it on Twitter? And he's like, no, no, no. Like, we have, like, a legitimate production company. I'm like, oh, shit. You don't realize, like, how big some of these, like, specifically Barstool has gotten. They have a, it's a full-blown media and production company. Either way, th- like, this is what the Corn Fairy Tour should be, is, like, an incubator for ideas and new ways of doing things and all of that. And- the fact that, you know, it's taken them this long to do this is probably, you know, like do better. But the fact that they did it finally now, like, all right, like, let's see more of this. Let's see some shot clocks. Let's see some different stuff that like use it like the minor leagues use baseball. You know, last thing I had was Michael Thor Bjornsson topping the PGA Tour U standings. Now that, uh, now, now, now that my guy Ludwig's out of the mix. God, he just kept suppressing all those poor young men down there. No, awesome player. He's got a huge, you know, bright, bright future. It's it's awesome to see him finally get to number one. Hopefully, he can hold on to that, you know, long, long season to go here. But hopefully, he stays on top there and gets all the goodies now because PJ Tour U and the benefits that come with it, like they will work. They are showing themselves that they're working not only for Ludwig on the PJ Tour side, but all the guys that got you know full Corn Ferry Tour status. The system actually works. Yeah, and even beyond that, I think you know just with. Probably with getting into Q school and stuff like that. You know, Q school's back this year at, here in Ponte Vedra, Sawgrass Country Club and and Die Valley course. So, all right, well, good stuff. TC, I don't know how you brought this home. Again, I, I said this like on Friday when uh, we were traveling back from Nebraska that a week ago you ha- had a, a lucid dream and decided <laughs> to, to buy an airplane ticket. You've been reading uh, McConaughey's book way too much, even though you say you're not reading it. It somehow seeped into your brain and you're just following all the green lights out there. You've had a heck of a travel week. Yeah. Normally, this week is one that we don't really pay too close attention to uh, because we're most of the time, we're filming tourist sauce right yeah. now. So it's nice to be home. Obviously, delayed 
uh, filming for Tour Sauce till till later on. But man, uh, I had a great week with you, brother. Hopefully, you get a little bit of sleep this week. I feel good. I got sleep. I'm actually flying up to Newark tomorrow. I'm going to Baltusrol tomorrow. Back on the road again. To Wait, a, you're uh, going to you're going to Baltusrol? I am. Yeah. Going of course. To, yeah, Mizuho Corporate Day, where Neil <laughs> and I are, are emceeing uh, something. Me and Neil. I think I think Roger Steele is going to be out there. Stacy Lewis, Michelle Wee. So it'll be good. Um, but yeah, no, the trip to trip to the UK was awesome. Um, you know, shout out to people who gave me rides, people who gave me <laughs> gave me shelter, people who gave me tickets. Um, yeah, it was it was awesome being out there. I'll I'll kind of I'll probably do a debrief on it on, on the trap draw, but um, you know, I'll shout out shout out my hitters at United Airlines as well, even though I know I know they're 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 on your shit list right now. Uh they got me, got me to and from uh, in one piece, all the way from there to Denver, and then you know back to back home. So, uh, and Cody, you're playing some golf, my man. You're well, driving, thank you. Driving the shit out of it. Uh, thank you. It's it's impressive. We uh, you shot what 70, 75, 74, 74. Yeah, and we yeah, played I some all shot out there. 74. And took you guys an all shot. Took you guys overall. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I know people like, if you've made it this far in the podcast, you're clear, clearly like a diehard. And like, uh, I, I know people don't want to hear this type of stuff, but I'll say this again because I said it to your face, but like truly thank you. There's not a day really that goes by that I don't realize how like fortunate and uh, hashtag blessed I am to like, work for you guys and and be able to do the stuff that I get to do. But last week was truly, I joked around, like it was my make a wish week. Uh, and somehow like you made it come through. So thank you for that. It was a, a truly, uh, an amazing, amazing time. Got to check out a golf course that I've looked at pictures of. And, you know, even last summer watching the video that, that Andy did, like was like oh my goodness like that's incredible it's just one of those places that you never expect to be able to like go actually look at and see and talk to the people and then like play at you're just like holy shit this it was it was awesome and to yeah. play some pretty decent golf yeah yeah uh well first of all work 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 with us not for us but um but yeah no and it was yeah sand hills unbelievable place i know i'm preaching the choir here and people are probably rolling their eyes but um, I love, I love going to Nebraska, man. The people are wonderful. Um, it was so hot though. Oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah I don't, and I think that was pretty unseasonably warm there. It was like 103. Uh, I, Cody, I, I was proud of the way I battled too, man. I, you did. I, my uh, guy was under par on the, on our last round and was just doing yeah. everything possible to bring it home. 17 dude. Yeah. I mean, look at back. You even still like, I mean, that just, that, that just happens. I know. No, I was, I was between clubs and then, you know, bogeyed 18 as well. So 72, 81, 72, uh, felt like I was, I was, I got, I, like, I've got some good golf ahead of me. I got Blake Bortles. I'm playing Blake Bortles <laughs> in a week or two. What I think world. maybe actually ended this week. I'm playing Blake, Blake Bortles in a match, alt shot match. I got the party doctor and I, um, and then, yeah, it was also, it was great to, uh, it was great to spend some time with Kyle Hegland, the superintendent mm -hmm. out at Sand Hills as well. What a, one of the true gentlemen in the game of golf and just, you know, his, his story and his, his ethos is something that I respect the hell out of and, and, you know, you know, actions and, and, uh, results matter. And God, you go play that golf course. It's, it's 
really, really impressive. So anyway, his line, my job is not to grow grass. My job is to create playing conditions. Yeah. He's like, there's too much grass growing right now. They've had a lot of rain over the last, you know, three or four weeks. I mean, it was crazy. We were out there at like seven or probably what? Eight 30, eight, eight 30. Um, it's sunny. And then all of a sudden these clouds roll through and it was probably 35, 40 mile an hour winds oh, yeah. just out of nowhere. And, you know, grass, you know, all the sand blowing out of bunkers, you know, miles away and it's kind of crazy sunset. It's, it's, it's a harsh wild landscape out there. Um, Truly is. So, and it, it's, yeah, it was nuts that when that thing moved in, it moved in so fast. Too. Yeah. It was, it was insane. But yeah, shout out to our host, Mr. W. Shout out to Commander Taco. Uh, just an excellent, excellent week. Uh, you'll be up on the trap trial this week, I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah. I'll, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll be up on the trap trial. I know we'll have uh, the Ryder Cup Italy thing. I'm supposed to go out last week. It'll be going out this week. Um, receive BMW, kind of film room, uh, Solly and DJ playing Marco Simone. And then, uh, and then, yeah, we got a bunch of bunch of content upcoming here in August, as well. Working on all the the Scotland stuff from my trip over there with Hartzell. So, absolutely, yeah. I'm Matt, so far, Matt Golden's in the lab. Yeah. Oh, dude, the stuff that Golden's doing about the Scotland stuff, it's going to be awesome. Can't wait for people to see it. I'm so far behind on emails. It's going to be a, a a truly Herculean effort from my after my sabbatical and. Europe to this trip and and uh, hopefully I dig it out and, and hopefully don't have too many sponsors that are still waiting on feedback from me before I pack it all up again and go over to uh to England. I'm to pumped. Heath. Me and Biggie, man, it's gonna be so much fun. We're doing uh open radio uh for the event as well. So you can check us out on the airwaves. It's gonna be also available on the LPGA's website there. So if people want to listen to Randy and I muck it up. Um, and we're not attempting to be real, you know, professional radio callers here. We're going to do it just like we do every other podcast. Talk about people, do a little man on the street sessions, uh, bring in some people in the crowd and see what they think. So if people are, uh, around Walton Heath, the greater London area, they want to come out and say, hi, we'll be there all week. So very, very excited about that. Love it. Love it. Well, Cody, good luck catching up my man. Yes, sir. Thanks for listening, everybody. Always a pleasure. Cheers. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Johnny, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most.